Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Gamers Without Borders podcast, a podcast about video games, technology and anything else we can think of. As always, I am Nick and joining me this week is, well I might as well just call him my co-host now, he's on here enough, uh, joining me this week is Judge Greg. Hey there Nick, thanks for having me. Ah, oh, no problem, no problem. You can probably stop thanking me as well. I, we I do suppose I should, yeah. It could be it's less grateful least. now. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. you've reached the point of, yeah, it's you've, all the politeness has gone. Oh, dear, dear, dear. But how are you doing, just generally? I'm, I'm doing well. I am I am doing very well this, this fine morning. How are you doing, Nick? Yeah, I, I'm pretty good. I've, I, I got up quite early, had an unexpectedly productive morning, especially after having an unexpectedly exciting evening yesterday. Oh, boy. Because, uh... Yeah, this is this is no. It's just I, I was uh, I was running in a election uh, in my university for a position. Had did not expect to win at all. I literally only ran because I thought no one else was running, and I unexpectedly won. And oh. it's just been re- it's been nice because my phone has just been buzzing all morning with people sending me things on things on Facebook, which is lovely. Just gives you that warm fuzzy feeling that people care. Well, congratulations, Nick. Well, thank you very much. It's just it's another thing for my CV. That's the but yeah so yeah I had a uh, an interesting evening and I I, I thought I was going to be a, a bit worse for wear this morning but thankfully not. All right, good. But yeah, uh, in terms of what I've been doing generally, I think one of the biggest bits of news is over the last couple of weeks I treated myself to a new 3ds. Ooh, I, uh, yeah, new 3ds. I, uh, what have you been playing for it? Um, well, I've been playing a little bit of um, I've been playing Smash because I wanted to kind of see how if that looked any different on the new console and it does i don't like the game itself i don't think like might run fractionally smoother but it's more like on an old 3ds when you were exiting out of the game it it took a it took a, a long time to actually exit out like it almost felt like it crashed every time it did it <laughs> and um i i don't have it but i do hear that uh with pokemon sun and moon uh, an, an old 3ds really struggles uh in doubles uh double matches like the frame rate drops uh massively uh i've also been playing a bit of terraria which like i've mentioned the last couple of weeks is good fun and then uh, when i actually went and because i I, tra- I traded in my old uh 3ds as well to get a bit of money mm-hmm. i picked up uh metal gear solid 3 3d for uh for 3ds oh metal gear solid which- 3 came out on 3ds it did. They did a remake, and one of the I've, I'm not very far into it. And I'll get into that in a second. But one of the whole big things about it is it's got a system where you use the 3DS camera to make camouflage of literally anything. Oh, I gotcha. Which yeah, yeah. yeah so they um, had that whole system where you know you you could switch camouflages. Yeah, yeah. And this is really this is really my first this is my first kind of uh, jump into the Metal Gear Solid th- series. I know it's not ideal starting with three, but I saw this. I picked it up. It was quite, it was quite cheap, yeah. and. Um, yeah, and no, I hear a lot of people that, that three is is one of the solid, um, more solid entries in the series. Yep, no pun intended. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, I didn't didn't even realize. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, three's, I, three's a good one to jump right into though, because it's 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 a very isolated story that doesn't so much rely yeah. on past knowledge. Yeah, I I have not I've not played very much of it though. I picked it up. I literally played the first kind of half an hour, and then I haven't had time. The one thing that annoys me slightly is that um, when I first picked up the game, it was like, oh, it was it was compatible with the Circle Pad Pro, which, for those who don't know, was a add-on for the 3DS you could get that gave you a second joystick mm-hmm. uh, to use. Um, and so in this case, it would be controlling the camera. Now, I don't have one, so at the moment, it's taking a bit of adjustment because to adjust the camera, you use the four face buttons, the A, B, X, Y buttons. Oh, that's, that's so good. So it's quite, like, jarring. And one thing that surprised me is that I, like... 
when this this game was released for the old 3DS, but I would have thought maybe they'd have put an update in for it so that if you had a new 3DS, it would use that little extra control stick. But it doesn't, unfortunately, and I have looked, and there's no way to change it. So that control scheme's going to take a bit of adjusting. Oh, that's not hopefully right. It'll be Holy fun. cow. They, so... Yeah. So on the, on the uh, just to make sure I'm wrapping my head around this before I I throw a Nintendo under the bus yet again, uh, you you basically on the old 3ds and I don't have a 3ds. I think I stopped just at the DS. So I'm yeah. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. The basic shape is the same, but there was like an add-on, yeah. and I remember like it goes like on the bottom. Yeah, like clips in the bottom. Yeah, and it gave you the, basic... it gave you the second analog yeah. stick for the right hand, right? Yeah, so it, yeah, so it almost resembled a bit, a bit more a PS Vita, so it had two sticks. Right, which which is a, I like that better. We've just there's yeah. no excuse at this point. But now the new 3DS has a second analog yeah. stick, right? It it does. It, it's it's a small like kind of nub, but yeah, it, it works as a control stick. Okay. But yeah, and the the games they don't. If the game could use the second analog, they weren't set up, or they the yeah. It seems, I guess it seems, the, the it, new 3DS isn't smart enough to to exactly, register yeah. that. Yeah, only only newer games, so like the couple of 3DS ex, uh, new 3DS exclusives like Xenoblade, actually mm-hmm. use it. And yeah, I assumed yeah there would kind of be a thing of maybe retroactively games that needed it, they would be able to put support in, but seemingly not. So it's just a bit weird. So like. Uh, I'm just trying to remember the order of the buttons, but there's, yeah, so it's X, Y, A, and B, and one moves the camera left, one moves the camera right, one moves the camera up, one moves the camera down, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it's 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 really jarring. You can be walking in one direction and have the camera pointing the other way, and I kind of think for a stealth game it might be a bit of a pain, but hopefully it's just one of those things I adapt to. And to be honest, I didn't. Um, I, I picked up that game very cheaply, so if it doesn't pan out, I'm not. I'm not too. Uh, not too sour about it. Oh yeah, that just that just doesn't seem right, and it doesn't seem very yeah, well thought out. But that's mm. that's kind of Nintendo in a nutshell. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll get uh, into that later. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is is there an extra like right analog stick you can get for the new 3ds? Uh, I don't believe so because that doesn't. There's not because it, it has, cause it has the nub. Stick, so why would it, yeah? It, yeah, why would they make one? That's um, not right. Yeah. From what I understand, I don't, I don't think anyone's bothered with making one because I'm pretty sure Nintendo probably realised that that peripheral came out straight away, and they probably realised, yeah, we missed a bit of the trick there. So then, when it comes to when it came to making the new 3DS, um, yeah. yeah. One thing I will say is, um, obviously, I I I, I briefly had uh, both consoles, and I did a system transfer, and I'd heard from a lot of people, oh yeah, God, this is a real pain to do. It takes forever. It it actually it actually was surprisingly simple. Um, to do, I, it, re- it really wasn't much of a problem. You just kind of you, you you tell basically which console you want to transfer the data to and w- where it's coming from, and then you just leave the two DSs. And it doesn't, I, it doesn't even use the internet. I think it just uses like the local kind of inbuilt funny Wi-Fi stuff. Yeah, kind of like a direct Wi-Fi on. deal. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like it's because I because I, I I was it, I couldn't get it to connect to my Wi-Fi, so I thought I was going to have to use a lot of data, but it didn't actually use very much data. So yeah, it was actually a, a much more seamless. Than I was than I was expecting, which is nice because I, I I'd looked around on the internet and from people that had switched over before, a lot of people were like, oh no, it's a real pain, it takes ages, but no, it wasn't too bad. Huh. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's that's good. So if anyone if anyone's in a bit of a similar position to me, because part of the reason I was got a new one is to kind of be a bit more future proof, because part of me thinks like the 3ds in general is kind of near the end of its lifespan, but I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of years they they push a lot more games that are either officially 
new 3DS only or are basically so powerful that they don't really run on, a, on an old 3DS that you effectively need a new 3DS. Right. So just, just I want to be a bit more just kind of future-proof. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I wonder if they'll make yeah. a new 2DS. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't really see what you could add in because the whole kind of point of that is it's a bit more stripped back so they can make it cheaper. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just if I was going to get a, a 3ds, it would be a 2ds because I have absolutely no interest in the 3D technology. Yeah. One thing I will say is one of the big things with the new 3ds is that it has that face tracking, so the 3D is a bit more stable, and it is surprising, surprisingly effective. Yeah, I just I, 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 I still... I'm really I'm really unsure because when I see 3D movies, I get these very serious headaches from watching them. Yeah. I've described it as being stabbed in the brain through the eyes. Oof. And yeah. I, I mean, I cannot watch 3D movies. Uh, the the few exceptions are if the movie is like Avatar, where it was filmed yeah. with the express purpose of being 3D, so that yeah. everything is 3D. Then I can watch Avatar. But if it's yeah, if it's only... been post converted, I cannot. It's just it's awful. I I have glasses. I bring my own to the theater. Yeah, and it converts the 3D movie on screen to 2D for my eyes, just so I can oh, watch wow. movies. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, it's a simple but, technology, really. The 3D glasses yeah. have two different polarizations, and in my glasses, it's you know the, the same yeah. polarization for both eyes. So it's it's easy and simple to do, and they were super cheap. And I, I get to look totally boss when I walk into the theater, and they hand me the glasses, and I say, "I brought my own, thanks." Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's just it's, it's cool. yeah. The 3D yeah. kind of makes me a little iffy on on things like that. Yeah, to be honest, I bought my my 3DS generally not for the 3D but more to have a handheld console that just that plaid the games I wanted it had Zelda games it had Mario games like I, I, I very rarely if ever I think like most 3DS owners when I first got it I turned it all the way up I played a couple of the little like 3D focused built in software experiences and kind of never used it again mm-hmm. but uh, yeah uh, in terms of what else I've been playing I finally finished uh, the last mission on the current season of Hitman uh, the Japan mission Took me a while because the whole po- that that uh, that game generally is is really good about ramping up the difficulty. But the interesting thing about the uh, Japan mission is that is they make it that you can't you can't carry any items with you. Like in in in, uh, in all the other levels, you can carry like some coins, a concealed weapon. Right. But in this case, through a kind of ham-fisted story way, because you're in this weird medical facility, you can't carry anything. So like, you have to find all the little things you'll need. But uh, yeah, I finally did it, and I think. But what's most interesting of all is, is 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 the replay value in that because a lot of people said, oh yeah, one of the best things about it being episodic when it first came out was that you got to master each kind of individual level. And one of the most striking things was I was bored and I went back to the first level, the Paris level, which uh, if you uh, people that follow me on Twitter will have seen a small section of my first run through mm-hmm. where I famously just started throwing scissors at people and ran out a window. Whereas, whereas this this second time round, I did it so much smoother. I managed to do the entire level in about four minutes, and like, there's something about the way that game is designed is just so good at, at giving you like really high levels of satisfaction. You feel like such a cool guy. So like, without I don't really think this is a spoiler because there are so many different ways you can approach it. But what I managed to do was because there was two targets in that level, I took down one target disguised myself as a bodyguard, stole the bodyguard's phone, 
and basically got them to lock down the other target in an isolated area. But because I was a bodyguard, I could just follow all the other bodyguards, get into this isolated room, kill the other target and leave. And it was just so smooth. And it's just that's when you play that game well, it's it's so satisfying. Yeah, I've I've been looking at it and I want to play it, but I just I have mm. this bad history. I own all the Hitman games and I've yeah. played Blood Money and that's it. Yeah. So I feel like I haven't really uh committed myself fully to to the Hitman franchise. And Blood Money, the controls were I mean the controls are kind of weird. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I've I've heard a lot of people talk about this Hitman in relation to Blood Money, which for a lot of long-time fans is seen as the best one. But a lot of people have said, back when Blood Money was made, we don't really have kind of like the agreed... We didn't have the agreed-upon controls for third-person games. Right, right. Whereas kind of nowadays, fundamentally, most third-person games use similar-ish control schemes. Mm -hmm. So like... I, th- I think if you, if 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 you enjoy stealth games, I think I think I think you would, in, in, you would enjoy this game, and um, the amount of content they're putting out for it is 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 fantastic. Like quite recently, they've put out um, a little bonus mission where you have to kill a corrupt politician, which is clearly a bit of a satirical stab, which is quite, <laughs> which, which which is which is quite fun. Yeah. I pushed it. I pushed him off a church, so uh, yeah. Might as well. Yeah, there's some symbolism there too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's I yeah I genuinely think I think if you were enjoying, I think um, obviously it's now out physically, but I think you can buy digitally just like the first level for a bit uh, for less money. So if you want to try it out, well maybe I'll I, maybe I'll do that. Just try out the first yeah. one. I mean, it's I I'm not really playing a whole awful lot these days, so I'm not really going to yeah. jump on that. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm, following I'm, games. I just don't really get to exactly. play them anymore. Yeah, that, that, that's funny enough. Something that's kind of happened to me with this next thing because. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is out in about a week's time, and it's uh, the reviews are coming in, and they look on the whole to be pretty positive. We'll get onto a bit of uh, we'll get onto that a bit later in the news, but on the whole, like obviously, I'm glad I waited because I, I learnt my lesson with No Man's Guide. There I didn't, didn't want to I didn't want to pre-order it. I wanted to wait until reviews have gone in, and on the whole, it looks pretty good. And the quite nice thing is. I've still got some. I've still got money left over from trading in my 3DS, so I should hopefully be able to pick up a Horizon Zero Dawn effectively for free. Oh, good! But but I don't like you. I don't think I'm gonna. I won't pick it up straight away purely because I'm quite busy. It may well be something I wait until uh, after my after my exams as a bit of a present to myself because by then it might have gone down in price a bit as well. So mm-hmm. that'll be good. And yeah, so yeah. I'll be definitely picking that up. And I'm glad that on the whole, it it's it seems to be. It seems to be uh, well received. I think it's a lot of uh, everything. Kind of a lot of people wanted it to be, so that's really good that we haven't all been burnt again. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for that game. I'm trying kind of I don't want to look at too much gameplay and stuff. I don't want to spoil the experience too much. So um, yeah, we will get into the reviews because there's a couple I've read a couple interesting uh, reviews which I'll talk about. Uh, then one last minor thing. Uh, you guys may remember I, I kept mentioning it periodically, but way way back in episode 24. I mentioned that I kickstarted a project um, on Kickstarter called the Fidget Cube. Uh, it's designed for people that have trouble like fidgeting with things, kind of just kind of restless hands. And I'm very happy to say that just three months later than the estimated delivery, it has arrived. And though you can't see it, you should be able to hear me make random clicking noises uh, with my hand. And yep. that's, I can that's what's it. making clicking noises. So yeah, and it's actually quite nice. It's 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 interesting how. Uh, yes, it was a bit late, but they've delivered exactly the pro- uh, product they said they were. It's it's of a nice quality. 
like I know a lot of guys, especially the guys over uh, almost better than silence, are very kind of uh, uh, hesitant towards Kickstarter with people often putting money in and not getting what they expected. So it is quite nice to have found one of the few projects that um, that got what they delivered, even if, even if it was a bit late. Like, I, I, I wasn't too fussed that it was late. Like, it would have been nice to get it around Christmas, but it's fine. But it, it was quite funny to watch people in the community just flipping the hell out because it was late. And it's like, really? It's just a little plasticky thing that sits on your desk? Come on. Yeah, but people have been burned by Kickstarter. Yeah. That is, I mean, I I don't do Kickstarter, and I've I've said this straight up. I do it because yeah. I don't like investing my money in something where yeah. I don't. If it's a success, I don't get any return back. Exactly. So I I don't I don't really like doing that. Even if it's a small amount of money, I just don't like doing Kickstarter. I'm like, if you get Kickstarted and you make a product and it's successful, then maybe I'll buy it. But I mean, I I kind of view Kickstarter as in kind of one step beyond pre-ordering. Is that here's my money and the product. Not only does it not even exist yet, you don't even have the funding for it yet. Yeah, so, it's so I I just hmm. I just like to sort of hang on to my wallet and say you know you you'll get it when you've earned it. Exactly, yeah, that's fair and that's a perfectly valid thing. I just had a thing of I I just wanted to kind of experience once the the feeling of seeing kind of seeing a project grow. Yeah. It is quite it's quite interesting to get yeah, to get those periodic updates and see. As as things develop, yeah, and I, I think um, I think the fidget cube is probably a little bit safer than a lot of things yeah, that people would, would safer than like backing a game or something. Which, yeah, I don't think there's I don't, there have not been many successful uh, Kickstarter games, if any. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm sure they're out there. I, I yes, oh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Super Hot was a Kickstarter, wasn't it? Oh, I think yes, and I think it was. Yeah, it's a game I've always wanted to try because the, the premise looks really interesting. It, it it looks fun. I haven't played it myself, but I've I've watched no. other people play it, and they they seem to uh, to have done it, uh, had yeah. had fun with it. So I don't know. Um, it just the fidget cube looks cool. I kind of want to get one because I I I do the fidgeting with my hands a lot. Yeah, and and I think maybe it would probably sort of give me something to to not have to focus on what I'm doing with my hands at any given moment, especially for podcasting. Yeah, I, I do that a lot when I podcast because I can't I can't click around on the computer because I'm usually looking at something relevant to the yeah. podcast, and clicking around on the computer is my normal you know how I keep my hands occupied when I'm sitting down here, and I can, you can only do so much because I can't shuffle papers around because you hearing yeah. that all through the podcast yeah. so I, I i actually would really like to get one and i yeah i've seen them online I, I, now so they i think they're yeah, selling I, retail right yeah I, yeah i think that's kind of the point that yeah they sold them because it was so successful they're selling them retail and they're just slightly more expensive than if people have backed them so i think you can get them for 25 dollars. i think it's something around that 25 dollars. now they're they're pretty small cubes right yeah, um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. When we finish recording, I'll, I'll send you a picture of my one. Okay. Just to just to give you an impression okay. of it. If any if, if, listeners, if you care, I'll send a picture on Twitter if anyone's really that interested. But yeah, I, I was going to. I was just having the same sort of. Yeah, I've got to stop myself absentmindedly fiddling with it now because it will get picked up by my microphone and it will sound really distracting if you can just hear lots of clicks and flicks. So I'm I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be good and not sit and fiddle with it while I'm recording. Mm. Well, to be fair, except for the one time when you were very deliberate about making sure the mic picked it up, I haven't been able to hear it. Yeah, it's right. I haven't really, I haven't been using it. I just, I just picked it up then because you got me thinking about it. But, um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just nice. It just sits on my desk and it is, it's, it's nice. But um, one last thing I want to mention um, in, indirectly, this isn't about me, but obviously uh, a couple of weeks ago, as I said, I was on uh, John of the One Track Gamers' new podcast, The One Track Punk Show, which is really good fun. 
And um, I just thought I'd mention that his guest for his most recent episode was my uh, friend, colleague, and former co-host here, Dapper Paperbag. That's a really fun episode. I definitely uh, recommend listening to that. She gives some great insight into kind of uh, how, why she does what she does and who motivates her. I must admit, I feel slightly sorry for John because I think both myself and Dapper went slightly more deep and meaningful than possibly John had intended with this podcast. <laughs> so it, get, it gets quite serious in places when I think he wanted, he may have wanted to keep things quite light, but nevertheless, I think it's it's quite interesting to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I uh, like that episode. I actually, I just listened to it uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and I, I was actually, yeah. I actually really like, I like his podcast. Um, yeah. There's only been two real episodes. I, I don't really count the first yeah. one because it was just an intro, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I've 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 liked the the two episodes that he's done. Um, I think mm. yeah, so it was you and Dapper, and those have been those have been good. So I I mean the thing is, it's hard to talk about people about what inspires them and not delving deeper into yeah, you know, it's, like, yeah, cause you, you go into deeper like what motivates you, and that you know that that usually becomes a very personal thing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's but yeah. Definitely listen to that if you if, if you're not like subscribed and listening to that already. It's quite nice. The episodes are normally quite short, so it's not a huge uh, imp- uh, burden on your time. So yeah, I just just wanted to raise that as Dapper is still a member of this team in spirit. So mm-hmm. yeah. So Greg, what have you been up to in your life? All right. So <laughs> first off, and I just want to put this out there so that everyone knows and, and doesn't need to be concerned, is I, I finally took my Christmas tree down. Yep, and listeners, just to reinforce, is the twenty fifth of February uh, as we're recording this. <laughs> so, so two full months after after yep. Christmas. Yeah, it it was the you know, things were busy. I I had an infant before Christmas, and that is yeah. When with the two kids now, it's you're always having to hold one and chase the other, and it just it really yep. it never happened. Now I took my outdoor decorations down in a very timely manner. I will say that I was I yep. was good. Like within. Maybe a week or so after the new year, I, I took it down because uh, we were getting it at snow and I just didn't want to have to deal with snow covering up all the lights. Yeah, that's fair. But indoors, no, and indoors, I, I didn't touch it until just this week when I when I finally just hungered down and said, listen, I, I, I know that there's no really set rule for when you have to take them down, but I know yeah. that the tree needs to be down before March. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, my my original goal was to be down before Valentine's Day, but obviously uh, that did not happen. So. That's alright. You could you could repurpose the tree into a Valentine's Day decoration. <laughs> yeah, at, there was at one point in time I thought, and I was I was going through my head thinking, okay, so at what day do I finally decide it's not going to happen, and I'm just leaving it up until next Christmas? Yeah, uh, that's. Yeah, it, it ended up. I, I I thought better of that idea, but uh, that's yeah. I would be lying if I if I said I wasn't at least toying with it. Is it a real tree or an artificial? Oh no, no, it's an artificial tree. A real tree ah, okay. would have taken itself down before next Christmas. That is fair because yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking, Jesus, that's a real tree. It's not going to last. No, no. This it's a it's a purely. I the fake trees are just they're just better because yeah it, for for longtime listeners of your show they know I put my tree up fairly early too yeah cuz i that's why i'm announcing it now cuz i figure if i announced on your show i put it up i got to announce when i take it down but that's fair yeah yeah the listeners want continuity in the christmas tree uh, they do i mean they're story. on the edge of their seats nick wondering what, what oh god yeah i've had messages and messages <laughs> being like when is greg taking his tree down 
Yeah. So now I finally took that down, oh, which was which was it's it's nice to have all that space now because I'm just so used yeah. to having things so cramped with the, with the, you know a tree in the middle of my living room. But yeah, oh that's been good. So I haven't had an awful lot of time to watch new stuff. Yeah. Um, mostly because. 90% of my TV watching time also is my infant screaming in my FaceTime. Mm, I can imagine. So I've I've kind of taken it on myself that I don't really want to watch something that requires my full attention because it won't get it. Yes. So I went back and I rewatched uh, one of my favorite TV series of all, possibly my favorite. Uh, I rewatched all of Burn Notice. Oh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was on, I want to say... It was from maybe 2006 or 2007 is when it came out, and it did six yeah. seasons. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it came up. I, I was going to say it was on the USA Network, but to you that means absolutely nothing. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about but, it. Uh, yeah, it was It was starring Jeffrey Donovan, and uh, Bruce Campbell was in it. Oh, yeah, no, that sounds familiar. I'm trying to think who else was in it. Kobe Bell came in. Oh, um I'm trying. I'm trying to remember who played uh, Fiona on that show. Uh, she was in uh, *Scent of a Woman*. Oh, what was her name? Gabrielle Anwar. Gabrielle Anwar is in it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. I I really enjoy that show. Although now that it's it's been you know almost ten years, some of the aspects of that show are a little bit dated. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. I can imagine. It. And it's kind of, it's it's scary often how just in a relatively short space of time that can happen. Yeah, I mean, when you get towards the later seasons, they're they're using tablets and stuff again. Although they're they're using uh, okay. like, <laughs> there was a lot of product placement in the show, especially towards the latter seasons. Yeah, and in in some cases, the the show actually devolves into a like a Hyundai commercial at one point. Like they oh, they God. make a deliberate point of doing performance driving of a Hyundai while they're talking about how great it is to have a good car. That oh, is, you know, it was it was. A commercial. You could have taken that snippet of the show out, and then called it yeah. a commercial, and it, that's what it was. And there was a few times where they, where they they made some comment, like they were FaceTiming on Skype, and it makes them, yeah. and they they just make a throwaway comment, like, "Can you see me?" Like, "Oh, crystal clear on Skype, my friend." Like, oh, Jesus. nobody nobody yeah. talks like that. And there was so there was a lot of uh, a lot of Windows Eight interfacing because I'm sure they got some uh. Microsoft money. So that was no awkward problem. because I, you know, they wouldn't actually use that stuff. But no, no. But well, I, admittedly, I will say that's that's slightly better than when it's clear that like a TV show or a film hasn't got dispensation from a company to use the real thing. So they invent some stupid video chat thing with a stupid name, and it's like, look, it would make more sense if it was just Skype because everyone recognizes Skype, everyone knows about Skype. But no, you've invented, I don't know. Something stupid like video face chat, oh, yeah. and it's always got really terrible names, and it's like, oh mm. god, just pay the money and get a proper brand in. Yeah, it, it is. I actually should say though, as much as I just knocked them for for using the Windows interface, it's kind of nice to see a real OS on a computer on yes. TV. Yes, instead of mm. one of those fake OSs, and to see them actually using the touch screen instead of because normally in a movie when somebody's you know using the computer, they're just typey 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 away, which is not yes. how you use a computer at all. Yeah, but that's I guess that makes it more dramatic than just somebody sitting yeah. and clicking a mouse. 
So oh, yeah, they go type, 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 and like somehow they've hacked the Pentagon by <laughs> yeah. pressing five it's keys. Type, 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 and the mouse is moving and clicking things. They're not touching the mouse. You guys yeah. didn't figure that out. And that's not yeah, how it's, hacking it's, works. No, it's it's so dumb. I, but as many people have said, it's if, if 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 they showed you genuine hacking, it would be incredibly boring. Yeah, but so it, it is kind of nice, and because. Microsoft doesn't always go for product placement the same way Apple does. There's a very yes. disproportionate number of people on TV who use Apple computers instead of Windows yeah. computers. So it was it was kind of refreshing to to see that oh, so in this world Windows exists cuz normally yeah, it's, it's Mac or bust. Yep. It's funny actually. I I, I do I do see in a couple of shows cuz everyone knows Apple products always have the Apple symbol on the back, so everyone mm-hmm. recognizes it. I have seen some shows where people will be using like computer monitors that have the Windows symbol on the back in like the exact same way, and I've never seen that in real life. I've only ever seen that in shows. I don't think I've ever seen that out in the wild. Yeah, I don't know if I really like the idea of putting like the big old logo on the back of something like that. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I just I... kind of feel like that your job is to advertise. My job is to use yeah. your product. Definitely, but Apple has some very, very loyal customers, though, and their 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 yes. user base is usually very prolific in terms of advertising that they are an Apple user base. So, yes, definitely. Uh, so, anyway, I haven't been on your show since this has happened, and it was just a few weeks ago. But uh, I watched the Super Bowl. Yep, that was. Uh, I know you don't care in the slightest bit about the Super Bowl no, but I I, I, tr- I tried to catch up I, well, I tried to be vaguely interested the main, wasn't it the it, the team that won it was very unexpected they kind of came back from yeah so the team that won behind. which would be my New England Patriots uh, they they were down by 25 points at one point and for some perspective uh, the largest deficit a team has ever made up for in the Super Bowl is 10 points oh wow uh, the Patriots did it two years ago against the Seattle Seahawks, and uh, in two thousand, uh, the two thousand six seven season, uh, the New York Giants actually did it against the Patriots. So I've I've seen it happen twice to come back from that deficit, and then it, it's happened three times in total. But it is, yeah. I mean, a twenty five point deficit in the Super Bowl is unheard of, absolutely unheard yeah. of to come back from. And it went into overtime, which is the first time in 51 Super Bowls that has ever happened. Wow. <laughs> so it was it was very it was very hard to watch the game because, as I said, the New England Patriots are, are my team. And the first half, they were just crushed, just crushed. And they're down 25 points. And I know the stat. I, I know that that's that's yeah. almost insurmountable. And you just you almost you want to turn the game off. But I think like this is the biggest game of the year. And my team is in mm. it. I have to watch to the bitter end. Yeah, you know, that's fair. I have to, and just so it was, it was very, it was very nerve wracking to to see it because as as they keep scoring points and they're all unanswered points, you think are they still in it? But you're like, no, they'd have to they'd have to perform perfectly for the last part of this game to to get there. And yeah, and then they did, and they capitalized on some mistakes from their opponents, and and so that was uh. That was a big moment, but lots of of really good commercials. And I don't care about yeah. the products and like the Budweiser, and nobody cares about that. Yeah, but the movie previews, we got a lot of decent movie previews. Yeah, that's that, that's fair. And I think nowadays that's what a lot of people go there for is is the adverts. Yeah, I mean, there again, I Doritos is going to do something dumb, and and I know Budweiser, 
Budweiser caught a lot of flack this year, and not I'm, I'm, we're not going to delve into this topic deeper, but uh, it was basically sort of the story of um, one of their founders and how he was an immigrant that came over and how he, he ran into a lot of trouble trying to establish himself because he was an immigrant. And yeah. and so there was, I mean, they took a lot of flack because everyone figured that was a very politically charged yeah. charged commercial given what was going on. And to the point where Budweiser released it early and released a statement that said, we made this months ago. We did oh, not okay. know how things were going to be when we made this commercial. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, like we didn't, we, we couldn't put this together in the amount of time yeah. to make it relevant to current events. And not only that, but Budweiser is not a company that wants to. It, when when you're that widely distributed, yeah, you don't necessarily want to try to ostracize perhaps half of your market. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's suicide. So I I mean I believe them when they say we didn't intend this to be a politicized message, but man, they they took a lot of flack for that. Oh, that yeah, they that imagine. they they really didn't earn. I mean, it's it's Budweiser. I don't try to hold them to any higher standard than <laughs> yes. But. But yeah, those commercials I usually don't so much care about, and especially when when my team is playing, I don't care at all about the commercials, not at all. Yep. I just I want to go back to the game. It's it's when my team is not playing that I can actually enjoy the the experience as a whole, including the commercials. But mm. but I I really I liked, and I I thought this was silly at the time, but I liked the preview for Logan, and they use Amazing Grace in the background. As as the, okay. as the the soundtrack yeah. for it, and at first I thought I don't know if that really works, but the more <laughs> I see like more previews, and it really seems like they're sort of they're they're actually using that as a as sort of a theme of the movie yeah. is that you know it's Logan sort of has to realize that he's he's on a different path than what he maybe wants to be on, and it it really mm. kind of makes me excited for the movie now. I think that came out as my favorite of all the the previews that came out during yeah, the Super that's, Bowl. Yeah, that's fair. That's, uh, that's good. Yeah. So anyway, moving on, because we can't just talk about the Super Bowl again for another podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I have I am way behind in my DC television, but I did finally see the big four-part, quote-unquote, four-part Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends crossover. Okay. And that was something. I, I say quote-unquote four-part because if we're being perfectly honest, the Supergirl part of that, which was the first episode in the four-part series, was just yeah. a standalone Supergirl episode where the Flash shows up at, in the last minute and says, oh. we need your help. Oh, wow, that's... Okay. That was a, that was a real cop-out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that I, I, I didn't feel they'd earn that one, but sure, whatever. Yeah. The four-part event. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. yeah, that's cool. Oh, it just reminded me. I just wanted to quickly talk about superhero TV shows on the Marvel side of things. Um, season four of Agents of Shield has finally started in the UK, which is good. So I, I realized I'd missed three episodes, so I binged watched the first few of those. It's good. I'm, I'm kind of invested enough in Agents of Shield that I'm happy to see where it goes. Uh, but more interestingly, in a couple of weeks' time, it's mid March. Uh, Iron Fist will be released on Netflix, which Ooh. is the last of the four Marvel individual Netflix TV shows. And then, at some point later this year, there'll be The Defenders, which is the big crossover one, so I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I, but, uh, I need to finally sit down and watch Luke Cage. Yes. I, I, it gets, to me, it got off to a bit of a slow start, but it, it, became, it becomes quite enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I would say it probably has the weakest villain, because I think Daredevil and Wilson Fisk, one of the best villains in ages, yeah. 
Uh, Kilgrave was an interesting villain, mm-hmm. very well acted. And yeah, the, I won't say who it is, but yeah, the villains in Luke Cage, less less good. Yeah, I you know what, and I feel bad because I actually probably like Luke Cage better than Jessica Jones or Daredevil. Yeah, but it just it came out at a time when I just really didn't have a lot of free time to watch the show and yeah and I'm again it's a show that needs my full attention to watch and so mm-hmm. I just haven't had the opportunity and I really I really want to watch it I hear he does say sweet christmas more than once oh yeah oh god yeah quite a few times yeah yeah that's important to me that was really important to me yeah. so if he does not say sweet christmas then I don't even want to watch the thing so that's yeah. that's good I'm I'm glad I get to see yeah. that but. And I think he's going to appear in Iron Fist as well. He has to. I mean, yeah, th- when but... Iron Fist and Luke Cage go together, I'm. Yeah. I would. I would hope Iron Fist in some form or another appeared in Luke Cage, but I don't. I don't know. I haven't heard. So. Yeah. Wait. Well, he, he, he doesn't purely because Luke Cage came first in terms of like production. I like. I don't. Yeah. Like when they were filming. When they were filming. Luke Cage. They confirmed that they were doing an Iron Fist series, but like I'd, surp- I'd be surprised if they'd even cast their Iron Fist at that point. All right. Well, I mean, so I think that I. So I think we'll see Luke Cage in Iron Fist purely because Iron Fist is made chronologically afterwards. Yeah, I, I guess I was thinking mostly because Luke Cage ends up debuting in Jessica Jones. So I thought yes. it would be at least fair that that Iron Fist would debut during Luke Cage, but it makes perfect sense that that Luke Cage would be a big part of Iron Fist. Although that makes yeah Luke Cage almost as prolific as Claire Temple in these in these Daredevil TV yes. shows. Yes, which which, which you know, I'm not complaining, they... mind you. That is not a complaint. Well, <laughs> I don't know. There are a couple of moments where they run into that classic trap of in this situation they would clearly just bring in another hero, but they can't because. It's too expensive, and they're making the defenders. Like there was one bit where I thought I'd guessed. This isn't really a spoiler because it's not plotting. I thought I'd guessed a really cool way they were going to end Jessica Jones, and they didn't. Like, um, oh, this is a minor spoiler, but I, I, I'll just keep it vague. For whatever reason, uh, Jessica Jones ends up uh, set to go to prison at the end, and I believe she bumps into Claire Temple, and she goes. She mentions offhand, "Oh, I, I know, I know a lawyer." And I thought, like, the last shot of Jessica Jones was going to be her, and her lawyer was going to be Matt Murdock, right. a.k.a. Daredevil, but as Matt Murdock. Just a way to bring that together. But no, no. They queue up, like, that stupid wink and a nod, and then it never goes anywhere, because they're running into the problem of, well, we're making the Defenders, so we can't have these people meeting up. Even though it would make a hell of a lot of sense for them all to meet up, because they basically live in the same place. Yeah, I mean, it's not even like they just live in New York City. They live in the same neighborhood of New York City. Yes. Yes, it, it's, it's kind of silly. Like I understand why they have to do it, but it's kind of it, it's so forced. There are so many times where characters going, "Oh, it's fine. I know someone." It's like just just get them to talk so, to each other. So make a call then. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah, and it's, it's I think Claire Temple's the right. biggest, the worst candidate for that because she is the crossover between all of them. Yeah, I uh, I have the same issue sometimes with the, with the DC television shows where they're doing something and you just have to say like, "Well, just call the Flash." He he yeah. can literally be here in two seconds, fix this for you, and then run back, and he won't even miss a beat. He can do it on his lunch yeah. break. You know, it's not. Yeah, it's nothing for him. Yeah, and yeah, like I know, I know it's, and it's, yeah, and it's one and even the, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe has that has that same problem as well. As they go like in all of the films, why don't they just ring up Iron Man or Captain America or whatever? 
to help them solve this problem. Right. I, I especially remember in Iron Man 3 when, minor spoiler, but a, a major political figure gets kidnapped. And yeah. then it really makes you wonder, all right, so where was Captain America when this was going? That's yeah, a big you... thing. That's that's a call Captain America kind of problem. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you consider, like, Captain America the ultimate se- secret service agent, like... yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it just seems like, like the, he should have been involved at some point. Yeah, like they had to try and get around. Like I know with, I think Winter Soldier, they stated that like that whole film occurs over like the space of like three days. Mm-hmm. So there just wasn't really like there wouldn't really be time. But yeah. right, it's always it's always going to be a problem. Anyway, it's all right. I took you off on a on a Marvel tangent. From no, the that's DC that's stuff. that's no problem. I I watch I watch both of those. Although I don't watch uh, Agents of Shield. I tried to. I yeah. couldn't get into it. Although I have heard the buzz on this new season has been very positive. Just, well, just just generally, I think um, the f- for the first the first kind of half of the first season or so it, it is is very monster monster of the week and quite kind of formulaic. And then mm-hmm. it starts to it it changes and it comes a bit deeper. And I think I think it gets better. This is minor spoilers for Captain America: Winter Soldier, but that film's like five years old yeah. now. Whereby, when it's revealed, when like Shield collapses and is revealed to have been infiltrated by Hydra, it's quite interesting because it changes. Of they're no longer like a big flashy government agency; they have to be a lot more stealthy and a lot more kind of working in the shadows. Hmm. And it's it, it, it's a different dynamic. And but kind of like I said earlier, we're like four seasons in now, and I'm so invested in all the characters and things that I'm willing to forgive kind of the plots have got kind of like, interesting like they're doing stuff stuff that they clearly can't do in the in the MCU I just it's a real shame that someone put it quite nicely that the way they cross over with the films is very one way they will reference stuff going on in the films and they'll quite often do like crossover episodes so like there's one episode where they they go to London and they basically tidy up all the damage caused by the big fight in the second Thor film right but there's no you don't see Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters put into the films, mainly because in the film universe, they all think Phil Coulson is still dead, spoiler, but he isn't. Mm-hmm. So, like, and I just think, like, if they could be asked to put to put a scene in of him finally meeting everyone and say, look, I'm not dead, it would be so useful because the characters they've developed on S.H.I.E.L.D. I think are so well-developed, they could very easily slot them into the to the MCU proper very easily. Like, yeah. For all I know, like for all I know, they're, they're planning this. Like, there's rumors going around that Infinity War is going to have like 66 characters in, and like there's lots of rumors of uh, whether the TV show, uh, like Daredevil and that, are going to be in there. Whether Shield will be in there, I don't know. But I, I, you can't put too many characters in, or else nobody gets no. proper screen time, and you don't want to turn yeah. it into like Captain America, Iron Man, and everybody else. You know, you, yeah. you can't. One character always seems to come to the front of any of, yes. of any of these movies, and it, it's you can get away with that a little bit when you have a team of five or six, but yes. you, you can't really get away with it when you have a team of sixty. Yeah, it's it's gonna be carnage in a good way. Like I like I like those films that I'm just it, it's enough for me to see all those characters interact and just talk to each other like. And like I know there is going to be like an overarching story, but it's not. It will be enough for me to see Iron Man talk to Doctor Strange or whatever. Like that's all I want. Yeah, and I, I'm okay with that stuff. The movie characters all finally meeting each other, but it's just yeah, 
leave the TV shows, maybe have a special Defenders Secret Wars crossover or something on Netflix. Oh, that, that would be cool. Yeah. Anyway, so finally, before before we get yeah, too sorry. far down the rabbit hole, one last thing is I, I finally managed to order a classic NES online. Oh, yay! Yeah, I set up various Google alerts and whatnot, and um, yeah. so I actually ordered one on Thursday uh, at some point during the 15 minutes in which Amazon had them in stock. Nice. So, there we go. Finally going to get one of those. Because, yeah, there, there were rumors going around that they were halting production. Though they, Nintendo came out and debunked those rumors and said, no, that's yeah. not true. We're still producing them. Mm. Um, I, I don't like how Nintendo has basically sort of... They've thrown their hands up in the air on this and, and said, like, oh, well, what are you going to do? We're working on it. Like, they don't acknowledge yeah. that they were mistaken and this was a a poorly planned rollout and that they disappointed a lot of people and that they've been very, very yeah. bad about getting stock re- redone. I mean, mm. I recall, because with the, with the Switch coming out, this comes up a lot. Like, you know, people had a lot yeah. of trouble with getting the Wii and and now yeah. getting the, the classic NES. The Wii U, people didn't really seem to have a problem with because they didn't want it. Yeah. <laughs> but they asked Nintendo, what are you doing? And Nintendo will always say like, well, we had some issues. We didn't anticipate the supply and demand for the classic NES. And they always throw out there, but we've corrected those issues. And yeah. it just bothers me. It's like, if they're corrected, that means I can go buy one now. Right. But they're, yeah, they're still but short it, oh, and, and they're just, they're leaving money on the table. And all they're doing is just feeding that secondary market, which is marking these things up to 150, $200. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. There's a special place in hell for people who do that. Yes, yes, there is. They go to the. But special. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm I'm happy to see that you're getting one, and I'm sure you. I'm sure you'll be on the show at some time in the future. So I'm interested to hear your views on it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very some, yeah very excited to finally get to play it. Yeah, especially someone obviously a bit older older than me, so has more experience. Yeah, uh, of those games than me. Yeah, because I've you know I I played yeah. many of those games in their first round. I I don't yeah. I think there's probably of the thirty maybe five I didn't play. In the in the initial yeah. run, yeah. If someone would make if someone would like to make a classic PS One quote unquote, I would buy that. <laughs> I would buy basically any any of those. There is a Genesis one that's yeah. been out forever though that I didn't pick up. Yeah, so I can't really say I'd buy yeah, any Se- of them. Mm, Sega's a bit strange. They've been, yeah, they've been doing this for years. Like everyone came along and was like, "Oh, Nintendo's done this amazing thing," and then Sega was quietly like, "You do know we've been doing this for ages." Yeah, and the the it's Sega no one, like Sega, the, what they they took it a little bit further is the the Genesis, the classic Genesis comes with I I want to say it's thirty games or thirty five. It's a similar number of games, but then it also yeah. will still play the classic cartridges. Okay. So if you yeah. if you have a Sega game that's not on there, you could pop it in the top, and it will still play it for you. Yeah. Which I think is a nice touch, and I, if if Nintendo ever makes a, a classic Super Nintendo, I hope they keep yeah. that feature in, because I still have some of my old Super Nintendo games that I just wasn't willing to give up. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. But uh, yeah, so like I said, I'm glad, glad you're gone. Yeah. Uh, we'll move into news. We have a couple of bits of gaming news, and then we have a couple of bits of film news, because I know that's that's Greg's wheelhouse, so I'd like to give, <laughs> yep. him, give him some freedom to talk about, to talk about films. But no, um, one of the first things is, like I said, Horizon Zero Dawn is out. The reviews are coming. I've put a link to an article that basically kind of collates 
uh, a number of the reviews that have come out with links to read them in full. On the whole, they've been very positive. I've seen it. Get, I've seen it getting in the region of nines, mm-hmm. which is always nice. I did want to touch briefly on uh, the review that Eurogamer gave. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that blacklists certain websites or supports on websites. And obviously, people are always free to give their opinions, and of, of course. But the way um, Eurogamer approached this really kind of it didn't sit well with me. Like they didn't give it a they didn't give it a score. But if you basically read the review. In the first line, they're basically like, "Well, this game had to was had to put up would always be compared to The Witcher Three, and it's not as good as The Witcher Three, so it's terrible." And I was kind of like, "Okay, I understand. Like everyone compares games to other games in reviews. I do it when I write reviews, but the problem with doing that is like a lot of people. For a lot of people, The Witcher Three is one of the greatest games of the last couple of years, and possibly the greatest games ever made, and it gets nines and tens. So you have to kind of think if you say something's worse than The Witcher Three, you could still give it like an eight which is still a really good score. Right. And I just got, kind of, kind of got, this, got the impression that this review went, well, The Witcher 3 set the bar, and this doesn't, go, this doesn't beat it, so it's not worth playing. And I'm kind of like, it can still be a solid game, even if it's not as good. Like, I, I, I didn't quite agree with the approach I, I, this, this person took. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Now, I agree that I don't, I don't like review scores. I just dislike them because it's, it's, it's not a real system. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's... In a real in a real scale, there would be games mm. between one and games between ten. But yes. in in the in the video game scoring market, and whether it's out of ten or out of a hundred or out of five, it's the same deal. Is mostly people only want things that are above nines. Yeah, but it, it's it's like a, a five to six is basically an unplayable game. Basically, anything less than a six, people consider not worth your time and not playable. Yeah. So that means yes. your whole scale is ruined right there because there, there's, no, yeah. there's no real bell curve. Everything everything either has to be on the right side or of, of that line of demarcation or it's just it's worthless, which just doesn't work. Yeah. Definitely. And because you, the numbers don't provide nuance. No. And, and that's what I think is huge because we have people who are like, well, Witcher was a 9.5 and it's not as good as a Witcher, so I have to scale it down. I mean, it's, I just think they're, they're arbitrary numbers and they, they don't, they don't convey anything. So I don't, I don't hold it against yeah. Eurogamer for not giving it a score because I am famously against review scores. I think the review should be, uh, the article in that, uh, I don't, I don't like to give scores to anything. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think I agree with you in that the way he decided to not give it a score, but basically sort of just say, but it's it's less than The Witcher 3. I mean, that's like when a yeah. new movie comes out and a, a movie reviewer comes out and says, well, you know what? It's not as good as Casablanca, so I don't know what you want from me. Yeah, well, and it's kind of like, that's such a cheap, yeah. just a cheap approach. I like it. Don't, don't compare. First of all, it's, it's, I think it's just poor form to compare apples to oranges like that yeah because it's it doesn't seem like they're in the same family you know that'd be yeah that'd be like trying to compare final fantasy to gta 5 it's just i yeah you, it's not a one for one there's probably different audiences so i don't know it mm. just it, that i agree that didn't seem fair to, to me yeah. uh, uh the thing is with this game and and you you mentioned it up at the, at the top of the show is that it's been almost overwhelmingly positive reviews, but the yeah. the negative reviews are exceptionally negative. Yeah, yeah. You, people either seem to be—it's so polarizing. People either seem to be saying, "No, this is a really great game," or people just saying, "This is the most generic open world game." It's it's a reflection of where 
open world games used to be. And yeah, like I've, it's yeah because I think with a lot with 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 most games you might often see like sorry to use numbers but you might see like an eight and a nine and then you might see some sixes. Whereas this it seems to be like nines or like fours or fives. Yeah. It, it seems to be a real real broad. Sp- uh, spectrum right which which makes me nervous because it's one thing if most people give it nines and tens and the occasional seven yeah. or eight goes in there because that's just you know personal taste yeah like so, yeah some people some people have, are kind of against giving games really high scores because no game can never be perfect so yeah I, I know what you mean but when when i see you know most people would give it in in their nine or equivalent range and, and love it and then somebody says no five this is just a generic yeah. mess that you shouldn't be even wasting your time with. That that makes you nervous. Yeah, because it just, just seems like if it yeah. doesn't resonate with you, it will fall flat. It'll just, you know, it it, it either is going to hit a home run or it's or it's going to get thrown out at yeah. first. I'm going to use the baseball reference there. So yeah, it just to just to just sorry just to try and get an average. I thought I'd see what it got on Metacritic and what do you think it has? Oh, I don't. I'm I'm gonna hope a nine ish. Okay, got well, it's got eighty eight. Okay, from eighty that's from eighty six. Oh, they're out of a hundred, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got I, I always kind of remember the scales. Yeah, so yeah, I I would say probably in I would have said it close to ninety. So yeah, pretty close. I I yeah. I really need to wait until people who who I know and respect get this game and get to play it. Yes. So you will need to keep me posted because you will oh, course, more than yeah. likely get it before I ever do. So. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like I said, I, I I might not get it for a few weeks, but it's it's on my list. It's it's a definite get. Like I've I've earmarked that spare money I got from trading in my 3ds for this. Mm-hmm. I I know that's exactly what it's yeah. going to go on. So I will be very interested in in hearing your thoughts. Is the uh, yeah, I'm going to ask a random question now as it relates to Horizon Zero Dawn. Is yes. I, I get when I watch the the previews for Horizon Zero Dawn and I see the character, I really get sort of a Princess Merida vibe from Brave. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah. Is the main character Scottish? Because I feel like that will disappoint me if she's not. I don't believe so. Well, I know, well all I know is that she's voiced by Ashley Birch, oh. who's an American. So, so um, no. Are you not a fan? I, well, no, I, I, I like her well enough. I just I kind of psyched myself up for the fact that it was she was going to be Scottish, and now that she's not, that's a little uh, disappointing I, I me. don't believe so. Because yeah, I, I, I just, I just get a brave vibe from her, and I'm like, oh, she reminds yeah. me so much of Merida with, you know, with the red hair, and it's big, and she's on a yeah. horse, and with a bow and arrow, and mm. and so I think in my head I've kind of merged the two characters, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, whereas I, whereas I have a slightly different problem, that I struggle to disassociate Ashley Birch from Life is Strange, so. Yeah. Um, it, it will be very like, interesting oh. to hear her voice. And it yeah, not, yeah. It, it, I've I've had that it, issue it, already it not, in a couple of instances where the characters from that game have appeared elsewhere. So yeah, but um, but yeah, like I said, I, I I'm looking forward to that game. It's I'm obviously I'm happy that I've stepped back. I haven't jumped straight in, and it's nice to see that it's getting on the whole positive reviews. Mm-hmm. So yes, I will certainly keep people updated when I do uh, purchase that game. Uh, so Greg, we now move kind of your kind of territory. Lots of film news. So yeah, first bit of news about the Batman film, which seems to be changing every day. Yeah, man, poor oh, the Batman. Uh, I was so excited. So uh, originally it was supposed to be a Ben Affleck. The, it's the Ben Affleck show. It was he was going to be writing it. Yeah. He was going to be directing it, starring in it, producing it. And yeah. there's been a lot of rumors that Affleck kind of wants out of Batman. And I don't yeah. think it's necessarily that he wants out of Batman. I think he doesn't. 
he he's been doing sort of these these artistic personal projects for so long that I think he's yeah. just not used to the idea of and probably doesn't like the idea of the fact that when you're in the superhero game there's there's like such high demand. Yeah. And I've I've heard him talk but, about it especially when he was doing a lot of pressures for the accountant that yeah. He cannot go anywhere or do anything without being hounded and like so when's Batman going to be written? When's Batman coming out? When are you yeah. going to start filming Batman? He's like, you know, I have yeah. I have another project I'm supposed to be working on right now, and he was just he I think he was feeling a little overwhelmed that he was constantly yeah. being being poked for okay, so what what what's the deal with Batman? What's going on with Batman? Yeah, and it is such a commitment. Like you hear of people who are in superhero films signing like nine film contracts, right? Which 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 is which is ludicrous, and I can understand from an actor's perspective. The, the reluctance to commit to such a massive undertaking. Yeah, so, I I mean, I, I really, I felt for, I, I can feel for what he's saying, but he uh, he yes. ended up not that long ago saying, basically saying he won't direct it, which, to me, I just, you have to wonder, because it seems like if you're already going to be there on set anyway, yeah. how much extra burden is it on you to direct it? But, I mean, I, I don't know. I I've, I'm not a film guy. I don't actually know what that is that's just that's just me pondering out loud i've i've never been backstage and and seen a movie actually in production to know the answer to that yeah. question so i i'm i'm going to fully admit my ignorance there so uh he is he stepped down as director and there was a lot of rumors that he was not going to star in it in fact they wanted he wanted to back out of batman entirely and have someone else play him thus far mm-hmm. it looks like he's still going to be in it uh he still is the producer he has producing credit already and he he has not stepped out of that. He will still be a producer for the film, and they're still using uh, his his initial draft of the script, as far as I know, that he wrote with. Um, I'm trying to think. I think he wrote it with David Goyer, possibly. Um, Don't hold me to that. Yeah. I, I I looked it up a while ago, so I'm just kind of trying to recall. Mm. But so yeah, he's he's been. I, I it looks like he's still going to have a lot of his hands in it. He's just not going to be doing the actual directing of the movie. And they just confirmed this week that Matt Reeves of Cloverfield is going to be the director of the Batman. Okay, so expect lots of shaky camera. Well, we'll see. He's uh so yeah. Coming out later this year is War of or War for the Planet of the Apes, the the next Apes movie. Yeah, and Matt Reeves actually was brought in late in the game on that one to direct. So mm. I think that's going to be our probably our closest indicator of what the Batman's going to feel like. Uh, yeah, it's, that's... this is sad news for me because it, I, I'm a Ben Affleck fan, but I think yeah. I like Ben Affleck, the director, better than any of the other hats he's wearing on this production. Okay, yeah. So, well, I mean, we'll have to see how that goes, but I would have really preferred mm. to have him... If if I could choose, I'd say drop producer, drop writer, but still direct it. I mean, even I yeah. would almost even say, even if you have to not star in it, I would yeah. almost rather he still direct it. I know for yeah. continuity reasons, people would much rather keep seeing him, and he's good as Batman. I've I've enjoyed him yeah. as Batman, but uh, yeah. he's a phenomenally talented director, and I really wanted to see what he would have done with Batman. Yeah. Um, just before you go to the next bit of film news, I realised in my idiocy I missed a bit of game news that I'll touch on very quickly. So it came out in the news recently that uh, Nintendo was going to be bundling, uh, there was going to be DLC for Zelda the Breath, Breath of the Wild. And this this concerned quite a few people because it was like, oh no, has, has Nintendo, has, are they 
going the ways of all other games developers and almost as soon as a game releases they're bringing out DLC and it kind of de- it kind of devalues your purchase but they've kind of come out and they've said well no it's it's not going to be one of those things where the DLC is out day 1 it's going to come quite a few it's going to quite come quite a few months after um after the uh, the uh, the game's release it's it's going to be substantial content it's going to be one of those things they worded it as like p- people can buy the game and be confident in the fact that more content is coming if they if they want to pay for it so they seem to be doing DLC in a slightly better way like it's not so cheap as i think Resident Evil 7's caught some flack for the fact the game released and then like two days later DLC came out. So yeah, I it's yeah. interesting to see Nintendo go in that direction. But uh, I it, I I'm surprised they held out as long as they did. I yeah. mean DLC well, has think, sort of become industry standard now. It, I don't yeah. I don't I don't like it very much just because a lot of people have kind of worked the DLC model into their main development. And that yes. really, really cheapens it. And you know, EA, and especially I, I think Mass Effect two and three were very guilty of this, where it was painfully yes. obvious that, I mean, you were, you were Commander Shepard on your ship, and you couldn't go into certain rooms until you got the DLC that was coming out later. So it was very, yeah. very overt. Mm. I think um, there was DLC with Mario Kart eight, but yes. I think it was just a couple of extra characters. Yeah. Like it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible. And again, I think that was released quite a time after the game's initial yeah. release. They've they've definitely See, they tried have, to make it seem like they they we we made the game as a whole, and then after the yeah. game was done, we, we we sat and we thought, hey, is there any value to having DLC? Which yeah, which is which the right is... answer. Although I don't know if yes. that's the real. But on the other hand, and I'm I'm going to throw this out there, and I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase paraphrase. Uh, one of my friends uh, who hosts a sister podcast, business got a business. Yeah, that's that's very true. So I, I can't really hold it against Nintendo for seeing that they have this ex- exceptionally popular IP and say, instead of making yes. people wait another six years for us to make another one of these, why don't we just release yeah. ex- uh, some updates and expansions and DLCs for this one? So, Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see it, but equally I can, I can see why people are reluctant. But uh, anyway, yeah, sorry, I meant to bring that up earlier. I just wanted to briefly jump back. But anyway, um, Suicide Squad. Suicide uh, Squad. Uh, nothing's been finalized yet, but there's there's been uh, several reports, and Mel Gibson himself has confirmed that he is uh, in the early stages of being courted to direct the Suicide Squad sequel. Yeah. Uh, I love this news because Mel Gibson uh, is insane. That is fair. That he is, is, fair. He is think... out of his mind. And I think yep. maybe if you're going to do Suicide Squad, you want a little bit insane. Exactly. Yeah. Has he? What's? What's? It, has he got much directorial experience? Has he, what's he done previously? I, oh, I'm trying to think what he's directed previously. Because um, I think I've. I think he's done something. Oh yeah, he's done. He's um, done quite a bit of directing. Uh, I'm trying. I'm always going back yeah, to the movies that he's. Uh, he starred in, and I'm trying to think if, if he directed any of those. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to get the gonna Gringo label, maybe. I'm try- I'm, um, I want to say he, he might have. The problem is he starred in so many movies that that always yeah. always overshadows it. But uh, well, he, he's got. Um, he well, he directed Braveheart. Apparently, did he direct Braveheart? Uh, according to IMDb, yeah. uh, Passion yes. of the Christ. That's the uh, big one. I, yeah, Passion I, I didn't of the get Christ, that yeah. one right away. Yeah, Passion of the Christ. He. Uh, he was very famously directed that one, which was uh, torture pornish, a little bit. 
Yes, and, and yeah, given its subject matter, was very controversial. Yeah, very, very much. So. Oh, Apocalypto, that's another one. That was uh, his big follow-up, which, uh, good critical praise, but not that many people liked it. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. He did, uh... The uh, something face, the man with no face oh. is that ringing a bell? It was oh, before Braveheart. Yeah. It was before Braveheart. As a director or as an actor? Let me look it up. As a director. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the man without a face. The man without a face. There it is. Yeah, nineteen ninety-three. Yeah, I, I, so I vaguely remember that, but. Uh, so I'm I'm on his IMDb now. I finally got there. Uh, yep. So might. <laughs> so I, I, I don't recognize pod- anything else. Quality podcasting. Yep. Just the two of us looking at IMDb. There we go. Hey, that's ninety percent of hero talks. So. <laughs> that's yeah, true. But yeah, I guess he I guess he didn't do get the gringo. I thought he did. Mm. But yeah. Anyway, so he's a. Uh... So yeah, Bra- yes, Braveheart is obviously the. I didn't realize, and that's uh, that's on me. I will take that hit that he directed Braveheart because that's pretty. That's some pretty good film cred right there. Yeah, Many people yeah, regard that that's... as one of the greatest movies ever made. It's it's you know yeah. So so even though he's insane, and I, I mean just insane, and and kind of a despicable human being a little bit. But as mm. as as I am wont to say, uh, if I don't watch movies in which despicable people are involved, then I wouldn't watch any movies. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's become such a common kind of archetype. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would. I would love to only watch movies that were written, produced, directed, and starring people I respect. But those don't exist. Yeah. So it, it's it's personal compromise that comes with adulthood, I suppose. But Mel Gibson is absolutely insane. And I think he would probably make a decent Suicide Suicide Squad movie. Um, I thought so, based solely yes. on the stuff that I knew of, like Passion of the Christ and uh, Apocalypto. But now that I'm recalling Braveheart, yes, I think he's a perfect choice. Mm. All right, and final bit of film news. Uh, this yep. this just came out uh, a day or so ago. I have no details other than just the announcement, but uh, there planning to make a live action Nightwing movie for the in the DC movie yeah. universe and they're using the director of the Lego Batman movie. Now, Ooh. I haven't okay. seen Lego Batman, but I yeah. think it's pretty safe for me to say that it's not really a one for one translation. Yeah. So you you almost well, wonder well. like what what brought it on to to think well, he did such mm. a, a great job on Lego Batman. We might as well just yeah. go ahead and give well, him the I'll, reins to. I mean, this will be the first time I think we see Nightwing in live action anywhere. Yeah, right. Like, because yeah, because if correct me if I'm wrong, my DC knowledge is minimal. But Nightwing isn't he the original Robin? Eventually, becomes a superhero in his own right. That's correct. Yeah, that's, the the original that's the story of Nightwing, the, the Dick Grayson Robin. The, yeah. Uh, the, the the old Burt Ward from from the sixties yeah, days. Yeah. He goes on, he grows up, and he gets a little older and he, he goes on to become his his own hero and then uh somebody else always comes in and steps in to become Robin and, and a couple of those Robins have gone on to be their own heroes now too. 
Um, yeah. And some of them were heroes before and then went back to that role. But he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a character that a lot of fans like, but people don't usually use him because if you want to introduce Nightwing, the problem is, is that in order to get the, the story of, of <laughs> Nightwing correct, you need to have already established Robin. And that's, yeah. that's not an easy thing to just step up and do. Yeah, that's, that's fair. So I, that's, I believe that's why we probably don't see him very much is because you need to have an established Robin before you can have an established Nightwing. And mm. that's a lot of legwork to have to do. And so I, this is very brave of them to try to just throw Nightwing in the mix because all that we've established is there used to be a Robin and he died. Yes. So, but anyway, mm. I mean, I, I I don't know if... So the director is Chris McKay, by the way, and... Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have any major films in his in his back catalog. It's mostly, uh, mostly episodes of Robot Chicken. Okay, that's a, that's one way to get into the uh, right writing industry. So I mean, it's when uh, uh, when your when your background includes Robot Chicken and Moral Oral, that tells me that you've done a lot of stop motion, and I suppose it translates well if you want to try to jump into Lego Batman and I guess maybe it's yeah. baby steps then you do Lego Batman where it's still kind of toys but it's full yeah. motion and then you want to make the next step into live action but I don't I don't know how I don't know how well that yeah. works quite frankly you'd almost think you'd almost think the next step would be an animated film then you'd go live action yeah but I I will we'll mm. see I mean other than just the name announcement we know nothing we don't know obviously no actor yeah. no story element we don't know how it's going to tie in but that's yeah. uh, that's the one big news. I, is Nightwing is at least for now planning on getting his own movie. Yeah, it's worth mentioning. I am yet to see the Lego Batman movie, but I'm hoping to because literally everyone I've I've spoken to that's seen it says it's incredible. Yeah, I have not seen it either because I'm not going to be getting to a movie theater anytime soon. Yeah, <laughs> like obviously, like it's not it's not a serious film. It's it's a Lego film, so it's very silly. But yeah, apparently it's just just loads of stuff cropping up. Like one of the amazing things is because. Lego have so many licenses; they're often able to cross over things that you can't do in like live action stuff because different companies own the different licenses for live action stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, apparently, apparently, there are Daleks in it at one point, <laughs> which, is, which is interesting because you don't see, you don't see much Doctor Who on screen, and it's um, yeah, and yeah, so it's things like that, and it's yeah, it's because because Lego as a company have so many licenses. Like, I think they have, I don't think any appear in this film but obviously they have the DC and the Marvel licenses they sure do I was I was just thinking that this might be the best route that I have to finally see a a Justice League Avengers crossover yeah so it's like they can pull off something that we probably never will in in live action you don't give up hope Fox. Nick you don't give up hope I know I know but like Fox has kind of given up with its with the X-Men they're trying to reboot it for like the 5000th time yeah like we've we've got Spider-Man that's an achievement but Hugh Jackman's already said he won't play Wolverine again mm-hmm. so even if we got X-Men into the MCU it wouldn't be Wolverine in fact I think Patrick Stewart even said that he's not going to come back and play Professor X again this Logan is yeah. his last run yeah and to him I don't blame him he's he's, he's an amazing actor but he's he's he's, he's, he's not getting any younger no. Although he doesn't look like he's aged a day since Next Generation. Oh god, no! It's, it's yeah, crazy. you watch Next Generation, and yeah, yeah, and you just think that's what, what's what's he, what's he did, what's he done? Yeah, How, what what pact has he made with the <laughs> devil to do this? It, he might actually be immortal, for all I know. 
Yeah, him, him, and um, Ian McKellen are just the going to be the only they outlive us all. Yep. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, that was the end. Of the, that was the end of the news. I don't know if you had a topic particularly. I am aware we've been running for quite a while, but if you had a small topic you wanted to talk uh, about, um... so my I didn't really have like anything in terms of a deep pocket or a topic, not pocket. Yeah, that's the same letters, just all switched around a little bit. Uh, yeah. So my thought was because you know we needed something that that was kind of short, but we could have a little bit of fun with, is yeah. as we do sort of a, a a versus a character versus each other, where we think of a a, a couple of characters. And we try to imagine okay. who would win in a fight, like some 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 similar oh, character. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking that that given what we've talked about already is that we would have Lego Batman be on one side. Okay. Uh, and I would be using strictly the Lego Batman as seen in the Lego movie because I haven't seen Lego Batman yet. Yeah, that's fine. I agree because I like you. I've seen the Lego movie, but I haven't seen Lego. So now. then, I guess I was trying to think who we could pair Lego Batman up with, and I think it's only fair it's another Lego character that they have in their license. Yep. Um. So, what would you think of a? Who would win in a fight between Lego Batman and Lego? Who do they have? I feel like if I choose Marvel, that's a cop out because they just face each other yeah. all the time. So I was gonna. Um, but now I can only think Doctor Who, and if I'm being honest with myself, okay. yeah, okay, let's do that. Well, let's do that. Lego Batman versus Lego Doctor Who, in in a well that, in a Lego battle. Okay, well that's and yeah, and, and Doctor Who because he's in Lego Dimensions, so yeah, somewhere. He, he's well. This is the difficult thing because like Doctor Who in general is quite is 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 as weak as any other person. Like Batman has armor and what have you and stuff, right. so he's he's relatively strong. But then you can't ever. There's question marks over how you can properly kill him. Like, there are a few ways it's hinted that you can kill him properly without regeneration. And I know that kind of in a comic book perspective, there's kind of a belief that Batman is so rich and so clever that given enough time, he can defeat anyone. So I think it would probably end up that a bit like Batman versus Superman. He would end up inventing some kind of custom weapon that could kill a time yeah, I mean, he'd, he'd have to, right? But then... If, yeah. if, if you bring TARDIS into it, and again, I don't know a lot yeah. about Doctor Who, but I do know that Doctor Who is basically uh, the master of space and time. Yeah, that's so yeah, basic, basically. He, he yeah. yeah, there are like quote unquote rules, but more often than not, breaking those rules is used as a plot device. Yeah, but I mean, it it, it just really kind of lets. It, it feels like at that point, then uh, d- Doctor yeah. Who can undo anything. You know, if if it's Doctor Who and Batman in in fisticuffs. Batman's going yep. to win. Advantage Batman, you know, until he eventually gets tired because you can't actually kill the Doctor. But he yeah. could... Batman, I think, is more than physically capable of keeping the Doctor occupied while he figures out how to how to kill the Doctor. Yes. Yeah, definitely. But then if if you start bringing in the Batmobile versus TARDIS, I feel like that site becomes decidedly more one-sided the other way. Yes. Yeah, de- de- definitely. Because, yeah, like... It's oh, this is going to get incredibly nerdy. You don't see it on the show, but in a lot of the books, um, there are references to Tardises being used as weapons, literally being used as like battering rams, like flying them through things at speed to tear a hole in them. So uh, wow, yeah, yeah so that that's there's, pretty there's significant. Precedent. Yeah, mm, yeah, like I could have a I could have a deep Doctor Who discussion with you all day, but it would make it would bore our listeners immensely. So I'm not going right. To. <laughs> Yeah, um, but that's yeah, that's interesting. It, yeah, it would depend on the on the rules of the fight. Mm-hmm. 
because I just I just don't think of, if if TARDIS is in play, I have a hard time. As much as I love Batman, yeah. I have a hard time saying legitimately Batman would come out on top. Yeah. And it, yeah, it depends how much scope you give. Like, you could probably make the argument that these days the sonic screwdriver is such a Deus Ex Machina that within five seconds the Doctor could probably cripple Batman's suit because it's all full of electronics. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, that, God, maybe that's what it would be. Batman would have to fight him in like a really low tech suit, like the old Adam West yeah. suit that's got no like circuits in it. Right, like no no night vision and no no enhanced anything. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure someone out there has done. Uh, that crossover because um, I, I didn't realise this there was actually a few years ago a Star Trek Next Generation Doctor Who crossover comic series I, I heard of that but I never read it no I never read it I, I, I've, I've read like a plot overview on Wikipedia and it sounds interesting it's two universes that I have an interest in but yeah it's yeah but it's, that's, that was just kind of a one-off publicity stunt I think yeah no there's speaking of weird crossovers and w- vaguely on yes. topic is I actually uh, started reading and then put it down because it was dumb. There was a, an X-Men Star Trek The Next Generation crossover. Oh, good. Wow. How did they even... It's weird, dimensional, just don't try to think about it I was going to say, because with, with Doctor Who, it's relatively easy because you can do time travel and parallel universes and it's fine. Yeah. But anything... Yeah. Yeah. It was... It was... It, <laughs> it was... It was so dumb I stopped reading it. Yeah. It's... I've had yeah that, that can happen yep. where like as much as much kind of slack as I'm willing to grant you this is just too stupid yeah that, it, it pushed it pushed my good senses of to make a crossover happen I'm willing to accept a lot yeah but <laughs> you, you got you got to give me something you know yeah definitely I can imagine <laughs> uh, you know what crossover never happened in real in the real world and I would have loved to have seen. As long as now we're just talking yeah. crossovers, that's sort of become the topic. No, that's fine. Uh, I would have really loved to have seen Star Trek, the original series, and uh, the 1960s Batman crossover. Ooh. I mean, and that's Ooh. doable, because in the 1960s series, they beamed down to weird planets all the time. So it's yeah. feasible they could have beamed down to a planet that was 1960s Gotham City. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or do the whole thing of be a universe where fictional characters are real. Like, again, I know I've read a Doctor Who comic or heard of a Doctor Who comic somewhere where they, the Doctor goes into effectively our universe where Doctor Who is a TV show. Huh. So he he meets the actor that plays him that conveniently just looks just like him and stuff. And So yeah, you, you could do that quite yeah. easily, I think. I, I, I think that works, so. And they, they yeah. did that stuff all the time and, with, with Star Trek and people show up yeah. randomly all the time. I mean, they, they got a... a Green Hornet crossover with Batman. It just seems like they maybe they yeah. could have found a way to work that out. And I would, I would still like to see that. Although I guess if if my choices now would be the J.J. Abrams Star Trek and the and the Ben Affleck Batman, maybe I don't want to see that. Yeah, mate. or who knows? Maybe yeah, I maybe do. Not. That might sound awesome. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it depends how good the Batman movie is. Yeah, uh, but then of course Star Trek has also got the award for one of the weirdest crossovers of when they managed to insert new characters into an old episode when they did that DS9 original series crossover yeah Yeah. I I remember seeing that that was that was very interesting yeah because I I think they used the same technique they used in Forrest Gump yeah of like superimposing footage over footage yeah um but uh, I I haven't seen that in a long long time and I'm afraid that the technology probably wouldn't hold up but because Forrest Gump by today's standards when you see it it's very jarring when you see Forrest trying mm. to interact with the president, because you know it's not real now. Yeah, 
I, I'm, I must I must admit to my shame I've never watched it. It's one of those it's one of those films I feel I should watch because it's got such a cult uh, following. Like I've never seen Pulp Fiction either. Uh, I mean, Forrest Gump is a is a good movie, and I did it win Best mm. Picture or did it get? I don't know if it won I Best Picture. I want to see something stupid win Best Picture instead. No, it won Best most, Picture. Most Sorry, it was a. Uh, Here's here's what I was thinking. It won Best Picture because it came out the same year as uh, Shawshank Redemption, and I was like, "Oh, Shawshank okay. got screwed because how are you going to compete with Forrest Gump?" Yeah. Any other year, okay. Shawshank is the easy winner, but it came out Forrest Gump's year, so. Mm. Yeah, that is fair. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, thank you for that little short topic. Yeah. I'll probably um, wrap things sure. up because we've been running for quite a while I apologize this is the least professional podcasting thing ever but I apologize if at any point you heard my stomach rumbling because it's <laughs> half past 12 in the afternoon and I kind of need to have some lunch soon so my uh, my body's just being noisy uh, but yeah so remember if you want to follow us on Twitter you can follow us at GWB pod you can email us at uh, GWB podcast at gmail.com uh, that will have a link to our discord in the show notes uh we are on Snapchat, but don't worry about that. We never, I never use it, unfortunately. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at another GMG blog. Uh, you can find my blog at nickpjenkins25.wordpress.com. Uh, you can find me on PSN as merciful underscore fake 497. And that's all still working, so if you really want to get in touch with me there, you can do. Uh, given that we mentioned her in passing, uh, if you want to find Dapper, you can find her. Just Google Dapper Paper Bag. Uh, Greg, where can people find you and your work? All right, if you want to find my personal Twitter, that is at Judge Greg is Law, and I am the managing editor and host of the Hero Talk podcast for Enthusiacs.com. So check out Enthusiacs.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Enthusiacs. And if you want to check out my podcast, we are on iTunes, and as recently as last night, we are also on Google Play. Huzzah! There we go. Uh, I think we are technically on Google Play, but still only in the US because I don't think that's in the UK yet. And um, one little peek behind the curtains: we've we've confirmed nothing officially yet. But uh, before we started recording, Greg and I were chatting, and I may we I may be appearing with Greg on it on his turf in his that's domain. That's right. Some You're going to come into the hero talk world, and that's, then that's, then that's you'll the learn ultra, that's how the true professional podcasting looks like. <laughs> I look forward to. it. But yeah, um, yeah, so that's kind of something we, we've just touched on. I'll, I'll keep you guys uh, updated if something happens. And of course, when we actually do yeah. do it, I'll, I'll of course share that out so you'll get to hear my lovely voice on yet more podcasts. Mm-hmm. I, I'm slowly, I'm slowly taking over every single podcast. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm sort of half doing the same thing. So, but mm, between the two of fun. us, we're going to take over the entire podcasting world. Oh God, yeah, easily. Yeah. So, but anyway, no, if you're uh, more than welcome to have you on because I, I think we have a good rapport, and I'd love to get you on a yeah. hero talk sometime. Definitely, I'll, I'll enjoy it. But um, for now, thank you very much uh, to you guys out there listening. Thank you very much for uh, to Greg to once again coming on, uh, have, having a good fun chat with me. No. Nope. And we will see you next time. Don't know when, but uh, yeah, for now, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>